Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to that psalm, will you please? Psalm 100. This psalm is a beautiful picture that helps us celebrate the wonder of our God. And if you will think about an artist who takes his blank palette and then adds to it colors upon colors and layers the wonder of his picture, you can identify what the psalmist does as he, he looks at the wonder of our God. This psalmist provides for us a foundation that will help us recognize who our God is and then how we are to respond to that God. We begin by identifying in, in verse 1, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you earth. The psalmist gives to us the wonder of our God as it relates to his earth. You know, this is my father's world. And sometimes we sing that song and we then understand something about the, the wonder of our God. That hymn goes, this is my father's world. And to my listening ears, all nature sing. And round me rings the music of the fear, spears. This is my father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. His hand, the wonders wrought. In Psalm 19, the psalmist writes, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And all you have to do is, is look at the heavens and see the wonder of our God. Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 55 writes this, For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Think about the wonder of our God. I love this time of the year in, in Michigan where the trees start to change their colors. And we identify God's palette and color and handiwork in understanding that our God indeed relates to his world as he gives to us the heavens and helps us understand who he is. But not only does the earth identify the heavens, the earth identifies humanity. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, all peoples of the earth, all inhabitants of the earth. We have been given the, the Great Commission and we've been told to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. And the wonder of our God makes a difference in people's lives when they accept the gospel. You, you know, when someone receives the gospel, the God of the gospel becomes more wonderful. Think about that, will you please? When someone identifies God's love through his son Jesus Christ and receives the free gift of eternal life, that God of wonder becomes more and more wonderful in their lives. And if you'll jump down to verse 3, we identify the, the wonder of that God because the psalmist says, 
know that the Lord, he is God. That's how this God relates to his world. In a recognition that he is God. Will you read those words with me, please? Know that the Lord, he is God. Now read them with some enthusiasm, please. Here we go. Know that the Lord, he is God. Anytime you find the word Lord in all caps, it identifies Jehovah God. Jehovah God, who is the self-existent one, the I am of, of I am's, the one who needs nothing else in his life. That is our Lord. Jehovah. And that Jehovah is our God. Elohim. The idea of strength and power and, and majesty. Think with me the first verse of God's word in the beginning God Elohim strength and power and majesty and what did Elohim do what did our God do he made the heavens and our God also sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but that the world through him might have life know that the Lord he is God the person of our God is the self-existent one who identifies with strength and power and, and majesty. Turn back with me to Psalm 96, just a page or two in, in your copy of the scriptures. There we read, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Why? For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Yes, Know that the Lord, He is God, Jehovah, Elohim. He is the one that we identify in our lives. The wonder of our God as He relates to His world. But not only does the psalmist recognize the relationship that our God has with the world, he also recognizes the relationship He has with His people. Stay in verse 3, will you please? There we read, for we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Why? And don't miss it. For he has made us. Therefore, we are his possession, his people, and his sheep. I like the way the King James translates this verse. For it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. <laughs> we, we live in a culture of self-existence and self-importance. And for some reason, we believe that we are the ultimate. 
And we can do anything if we just put our minds to it. But for the child of God, the child of God recognizes that it is all about God. We exist for God. God does not exist for us. We are to give him glory in in all things rather than to receive the glory. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Why? Because he made us and we belong to him. It is his right because of what he has done. You know, God is a loving Heavenly Father who loves us. But he's also a creator who made us. And why are we to worship him? Yes, there are benefits and blessings for us, but ultimately it comes down to the fact that he is God. We exist for his pleasure. And he is pleased when we worship him. Why is he pleased? Because people become like that which they worship. And he wants us to be like him. In Psalm 139, the psalmist says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book are written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. A week ago, Thursday, I had the privilege of going to Kalamazoo and and recording just a a short segment for the gala that is going to be October 15th for Alternatives Crisis Pregnancy Center. And when I was asked to, to do that, I was asked to, in just a short paragraph, identify what alternatives means to us as a body of believers. And what I said was, it allows us to live out the gospel. And why is the gospel necessary? The gospel is necessary because we are all dead in trespasses and sin. And we recognize that the wages of sin is death, but God wants to give us life, give us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we understand that He has a right to do that because he made us and we are his people. And the only way we can have a relationship with him is through his son. Ephesians chapter 2 says, And you who are dead in trespasses and sin, hath he made alive. Never forget who made you and who made you alive. But not only do we see his right because we are his people but we also identify a responsibility and I like this for the psalmist says we are his people and the sheep of his pasture 
Notice the pronoun his. That pronoun tells me that God has taken on the responsibility for his people. God does everything together for our good and for his glory. Paul said, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why? Because we are his people. He has taken on the responsibility for us. We are the sheep of his pasture. Oh, how I love the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy, anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Take some time this afternoon to read Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. And Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. Either he'll love the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. And then he, then he goes on with a therefore. And the therefore reminds us of how God is going to take care of us. How he clothed the, the lilies of the field. How he takes care of the birds of the air. And, and how much more important we are than those. And then Jesus says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The wonder of God as it relates to his people. Now what is to be our response? The response of his people to the, to the wonder of God. Jump back to verse 2, will you please? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing verse 4 enter his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise give thanks and bless his name for the Lord is good God is good all the time and all the time our God is good for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations serve the Lord with gladness I am so thankful for those that we partner with who are serving the Lord with gladness. Roger and Noreen Russ have been part of our Great Commission team for almost 50 years. And they have identified the, the wonder of God's working in their lives. And, and we have about a 12-minute clip of their testimony and I want you to listen to that, and I, and I want you to sense the, the wonder of, of God's working in their life and their response to God's working in their lives. Let's listen to Roger and Noreen right now. Greetings to all of you, our prayer and ministry partners in Calvary Baptist Church, Battle Creek. This is Roger and Noreen Russ. We're talking to you from our condo. 
uh, in near the village of Dutton, which is just south of Grand Rapids a ways. We thank Pastor Townsend for this opportunity to say hi to you guys and let you know what we're doing. Uh, maybe you don't know much about us, and so we'll give you a few minutes of history. Uh, Noreen and I met in 1964 at Grand Rapids Baptist College. I was a sophomore and she was a freshman. And uh, during that year, we uh, understood both of us at different times that the Lord was leading us into uh, full-time missionary service and we started dating and got married in 1966. I came from Iowa. I grew up in the northern part of Iowa and uh, when I was in high school I was concerned that I wanted to uh, know the Lord and serve the Lord but I was thinking of getting into education and my pastor counseled with me and said that before I go off to the university I should probably go to Bible school for a year or two get a background on how to study the Bible and what doctrine is all about. Of course my mom and dad were all for it and uh, so I did. I applied to Grand Rapids Baptist College and came out in 1963 and uh, spent the first year in the old campus down on Wealthy Street and then second year on the new campus out on the East Beltline. And it was while I was there that I realized that uh, I should or and could serve the Lord full-time on the foreign mission field. And so uh, after we uh, were engaged and got uh, married, we decided that we would uh, head for Baptist Mid Missions in the country of Ghana, West Africa. I was born and raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I was saved at the early age of five. And uh, my pastor was Dr. Ed Hakes, uh, who ended also as one of Grand Rapids Baptist College presidents after he left our church, Bethel Baptist Church in Kalamazoo. But the Lord got a hold of me again uh, when I was just 16 years old to rededicate my life to the Lord. And I knew through a missions trip and through visiting the college that I should do at least two years at the Baptist College in Grand Rapids and in business because I was going to work and go into business. And uh, I think at the end of my first uh, semester, the Lord started speaking to me about missions. I wasn't, we weren't even dating yet at that time, and I felt wham bam through my devotions and reading Matthew chapter 28 and the Great Commission at the end of that chapter that that was it, that was it. I said, uh, and so we ended up. Um, getting married as he said and uh, the Lord just continually directed us towards Africa and specifically towards Baptist Mid-Missions. Now with Baptist Mid-Missions we once we were accepted in 1970 they took us away for two weeks for a candidate seminar where they observed us and evaluated us and put us through all sorts of tests and at that time uh, they called us in and we thought we had done poorly in something but um, that was not true. We went in and Dr. Gilbert said, I have to talk to you guys, your language aptitude test, both of you scored very, very high. And we never have a couple where both the, the wife and the husband score high in language aptitude. And we're beginning to think that's what God has equipped you for and you should consider. So this just kind of blew our minds because Raj was interested in uh, teaching in a seminary 
and perhaps teach somewhere in teaching pastors. So uh, when they said you guys have got a high aptitude of uh, language abilities, uh, we didn't know what that meant. I still had a few hours of seminary left, so this was 1970. Uh, and uh, we said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, you have to go for linguistics training. That didn't really thrill us all that much because we had just spent, or I had just spent four years trying to get my Master's of Divinity degree done. Wasn't really ready to go to another one, but we felt it was the Lord's concern. That was about the time that we joined your missionary force there at Calvary Baptist Church, right, in the early 70s. Uh, Pastor uh, Henry Barons was there. And uh, we were there, they, you guys supported us, and you supported us all of these years. Uh, so more than 50 years, uh, we've been connected with you guys, and almost 50 years on the field. Because uh, after we went to linguistic school at the University of North Dakota, uh, we continued on with our deputation and then arrived in the field uh, in 1973. Um, we were given the assignment then once we chose Ghana through incredible direction and curves and whatever we knew Ghana was it to go into the extreme northwest corner of Ghana where there was a group of people missionaries had been there years ago but there was nobody there language never been written down and unwritten language and with our abilities they wanted us to take it as a lifetime goal of learning that language nobody could teach it to us except the people there and because it was not written to use our linguistics training to develop a writing system for it with the eventuality of translating the New Testament into that language. This would be, we knew, a lifetime project. And we knew as we went in, in uh, 1973, that uh, the Lord was with us, but that it was not going to be easy. And we learned a lot about patience and waiting on the Lord, perseverance and sticking to it and doing what God put before us one step at a time. So one of the problems we had was uh, the what, the spelling of the New Testament. Uh, we used an international phonetic alphabet for all of our spelling, which means one symbol for every sound in a language. But that was not being accepted by the Ghana government. They wanted to make their own uh, orthography, their own alphabet for the language. And they finally got around to getting it standardized. And so we had waited with our translation all that time until we could use a standardized spelling. And uh, thus, when we tr uh, printed out the New Testament back in 2015, uh, it was being accepted by the Ghana government as a correct spelling for the language. And we were able to take it into all of the schools and they gladly received it there. Now we're working on the Old Testament. Uh, through counsel of the people in Ghana and some of our supporting churches. They're saying, hey, you guys know the language, you know how to translate, why don't you finish the Old Testament? So rather than retiring and uh, doing whatever retired people do, we're still at it, uh, going every year to Ghana and working on the translation and getting it fine-tuned, working with Bibles International, uh, they want to send out uh, teams uh, of linguists to Ghana to work with our translators to see that we're doing it correctly. And all of those things are kind of up in the air right now. 
We can continue with our editing, with our computers and with uh, everything else. And we can continue producing uh, study materials for the children and the women uh, group that we have started. We have, uh, over those years, uh, started five different churches along with the translation, and we're encouraging them uh, as well. One of the things is that one of them has started a building and cannot complete it, and we had really prayed that uh, by the end of 2020 we would be able to put a roof on that building. So that's pending. So thank you for your prayers, and we would ask you to continue to pray for at least these three different things. One, what are we going to do? Are we going to get back soon? Uh, are we going to be able to go back with Bibles International and, and have a workshop? We don't know. So pray for our return. Number two, pray for this building in Kanchara. We have about uh, $9,000 and we need at least $12,000 to put a roof on that. So uh, pray for that. And then Matilda. We've mentioned Matilda. She's a little gal with an 11-year-old gal now with a hole in her heart that needs to be repaired. We had uh, worked it out so she could come to the United States and have that work done by a hospital down in Florida and that COVID-19 hit us and we had to stop all of that. She is still, still there doing about as good as possible and so we would ask that you would pray for Matilda as well. We wish you would pray for the Children's Hospital in Florida and they wrote just a dear letter saying they are so disappointed they had to close that program of taking international patients in because of the virus and they dropped that program temporarily and you know Florida got hit kind of hard and you see it go up and down. We wish you would pray for Florida and pray for that area and specifically that hospital and the staff and the people that are involved in that international aid and help and those kind of surgeries and so we, are, we know how to stop and wait on the Lord. And this is just another one of those times where we wait on the Lord, knowing that he will connect the dots later and we'll see better after all of these days have finished why and how, uh, why God did what he did and why how he is uh, using it for his glory. And so um, I pray every day. Uh, thinking of the return of the Lord, but uh, I don't think that's yet. We still have a lot of work to do, and, and just just pray for us. We know that I got a phone call this morning, and and uh, one of the men from Ghana said, God give you guys long life, because we sure do need you, and we would have had this video taped a little earlier for, for Pastor Tom, but we had so many phone calls that morning concerning Ghana that we were completely swamped. So we are definitely connected to Ghana. We're all feeling our way through this and hope to get back in there. But we praise God that we can work on that translation from here. And we know what we're doing. And we're on the phone and the internet and, and able to have Zoom meetings with our people and keep things going. And uh, it's, it, it's our life. It's our family. And we thank God for... Uh, thank God for leading us to work in Ghana with these, this particular people group. And we thank you um, and thank Calvary Baptist Church for uh, picking up early on this and taking this long journey with us. Don't give up on us and help to see us through. Um, and uh, we wish, so wish we could be there and give you a hug and see everybody. I imagine that I'm in the auditorium and seeing you all. Uh, but this will have to suffice for now. We are praying for you as well. 
and for the reopening and for the ministry in Battle Creek and your families and your homes and how this affects you. So we are praying for you as well. We thank you for this opportunity. Thanks so much. That'll be it for now. The response. The response of God's people to the wonder of their God. 50 years of serving the Lord. Recognizing that it's not about what they had done. And the Russes give testimony about what God has done. Serve the Lord with gladness. Sing to the Lord. Come into his presence with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Why? Say it with me. God is good all the time. And all the time, our God is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness for all generations. Many times my mind goes to what the weeping prophet Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations chapter 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness. And that's all about the wonder of our God. Now, I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what your struggles are. But I can tell you this. Our God is a good God. And we exist to give Him glory. And as we give Him glory, we recognize that we respond to Him because He has a right to us. But He will take care of us and meet all of our needs. I can't wait till the time we can reassemble and regather together. And that will be a, a wonderful expression of our love for each other. But may I encourage you to continue to be the church. To serve the Lord where you are with the abilities he's given to you and the circumstances in, in which you find yourself with gladness. Sing to him the praises worthy of his name. Why? Because we know the Lord. He is God.